Good morning. Today is Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. The structure of last week's Torah portion, Yisro, and this week's Torah portion, Mishpatim, is very strange because there is a central narrative, which is the revelation of God at Mount Sinai to the entire Jewish people and God speaking the Aseris Adibros, the Ten Commandments. But that narrative is divided into both of these Torah portions. Now, let's keep in mind, this narrative of God revealing himself in Mount Sinai is the foundational narrative of Judaism. It is what expresses the direct relationship that every single one of us has to God, both as individuals and as a Jewish people. And it also establishes the fact that the mitzvot, the commandments in the Torah, are the expression of that relationship. In last week's portion, the Parsha of Yisro, we have the narrative leading up to and the giving of the Ten Commandments. And then it is interrupted by our Torah portion, Mishpatim. At the end of our Parsha this week, we then have another retelling of that central narrative of the revelation in Sinai. And the two tellings in last week's portion and in this week's portion are parallel, but they are very, very different in tone. So we need to understand why is there a difference in how the story is told and also why is it separated into two different portions. So just to review so that we're clear, last week's Torah portion starts with the preparation for this event. It tells of the Jewish people coming to the desert of Sinai and uh, camping surrounding Mount Sinai. It tells about all the preparation that God instructs Moshe to tell the people, get ready, prepare yourselves for three days, and on the third day I will appear. And then the Torah describes it. On the third day, in the morning, there was uh, loud sounds, and thunder, and, and, a, and a cloud, and the sound of the shofar. And the entire people stood at the foot of Mount Sinai. <coughs> and, and, And God spoke these words as follows, I'm the Lord your God etc., etc. So we have the preparation for the event and then the content of the event, which is the text of the Aseris Adibros, the Ten Commandments, that God spoke to the Jewish people. That's in last week's Torah portion. Then we have an interruption. And the interruption is, God says to Moshe, tell the Jewish people, these are the laws that you are to place before them. Now, why is this the interruption and not some other subject? I hope to deal with that question on Thursday night and I hope you'll join us. But 
there's an interruption until finally we get to the end of this week's Torah portion. And the end of our Parsha this week, Parsha's Mishpatim, retells the preparation for the event of the revelation at Sinai and the event itself. But it does so in a very different manner. The Torah tells us at the end of our Parsha Mishpatim, Vanigash Moshe Levado El Hashem, God, uh, Moshe, I'm sorry, Moshe approached God alone and Moshe came back and told the Jewish people what God wanted of them and how they were to prepare for this event. And Moshe took the book of the covenant, which is the part of the Torah up until this passage, and he read it to them. And they responded with the famous words, we will observe it and we will study it. And then, after that description of the preparation for God's revelation at Sinai, then the event itself. But listen to how the event itself is worded. Vayiru ace eloke Yisrael. They saw a vision of the God of Israel, Vesachas Raglov, and under his feet, Kamase Livnas Hasapir, was something like bricks of sapphire, Keetzem Hashamayim Latohar, like the essence of a clear blue sky. First of all, I don't even understand what that means. It is a description using human words of something that is not humanly intelligible of what it was that the Jewish people experienced when God revealed himself at Mount Sinai and spoke to them the Ten Commandments. And it was something, uh, I mean, if I read the words, I, not knowing exactly what they mean, but clearly it was something beautiful, uh, powerful. It was awesome. There's no other way to describe it. It was, it was awesome. So, but notice here in our Parsha, we don't have the content of God's revelation at Sinai, like we did in last week's Parsha. What we have rather is the impression that it makes, the experience that the Jewish people had while listening to those words that we read last week. So again, why is it divided and why is there a difference in how it's told? So let me share with you part of an essay written by Aryeh Ben David, who is a teacher, a Jewish teacher, talking about the priorities of Jewish education. And he quotes a parable in the Talmud, and he describes this as a parable for education, and it's also a parable for a lot more. But the parable goes like this. Rava, one of the great Talmudic sages, said to his servant, did you bring the wheat 
up to the roof. You know, when you harvest grain, the grain has a lot of moisture. Before you can do anything with it, you have to dry it out. You have to bring down the moisture content to be able to grind it into flour. Otherwise, it would just be mush. It would go bad. So today we have modern ways of doing it. But in former times, you would take it out in the summer, put it on the top of the roof, and it would dry out naturally. So Rava said to his servant, did you bring the wheat up to the roof? Did you spread the preserving agent on it? If not, then all the wheat will simply go to waste. So that's the passage in the Talmud. Ben David explains that there are two symbols present in this parable. There's the wheat, which represents the content of education, the content of learning. And then there is the preserving agent, which represents the feeling of awe in being in a relationship with God. Without the preserving agent, all of the wheat goes to waste. The harvest will yield no crops. And the preserving agent is only a tiny proportion, maybe 5%. And the wheat itself is maybe 95%. Yet, without that 5% of preserving agent, the entire 95% is lost. When it comes to Jewish education, there is content. There is learning about what the Torah says, what it means, how to apply it to our lives. That's the content. That's the wheat. That's the 95%. But at the same time, it must be accompanied by the 5% of preserving agent, the sense of awe, the sense of awareness that when I study about a commandment or a holiday or any subject, I'm studying about how to connect to God. I am seeing God in the most direct way that it is possible for a human being to approach God, which is through studying God's laws and God's teachings. Now, it's hard to define that awe. Maybe it's the space between the letters of the learning. But there must be a sense of awareness that there is an awesome quality to the purely intellectual endeavor of Torah study. It doesn't only relate to study. It relates very, very importantly to prayer. When we pray, there are words that we say. And the words are very, very important. And we're praying to God. But the wisdom of the words that we pray, the communication, the content, all of that is a tool to reach an end which is something beyond the words themselves. And that is a sense of awe that we are entering an encounter with God. 
knowledge without awe is not enough to sustain Jewish identity. Just like awe without knowledge is not enough to sustain Jewish identity. Specifically relating to prayer, there is request, gratitude, praise. We describe these as different elements of of our prayers, of praising God, requesting of God, expressing our gratitude to God. But before all of that, before all of the words and the content, there is the simple aspect, explains Rabbi Dove Singer, of the encounter, of the fact that I am in God's presence. Before any words are uttered, there is the encounter. So there is also the sense of awe, and then the content that that is meant to preserve. Both are necessary. The first step we take as we enter into prayer, says Rabbi Dove Singer, is the opening of consciousness to presence, to the sense that God is here. These two aspects of prayer and these two aspects of study reflect the two narratives of Sinai, divided between two different portions. And the reason that they are divided is because Yisro, last week's Torah portion, is about literacy, it's about content, it's about knowledge. What happened at Sinai? What was said? That's the 95%. That's the wheat. That's tremendously important. In our Parsha, we have the 5%. We have the preserving agent, the sense of awe, the sense of Nasev and Nishma. We will observe what you say even before we will understand what it is because we are convinced, we trust that what God will command us is what is best for us. We describe this encounter with God in these terms that are mysterious, are cryptic, but are meant to indicate the beauty of the relationship, the transcendent nature of that relationship. That's the reason that it's divided into two separate portions and it's described so differently because we need both and we have to balance both. We have to have the content and we have to have the awe. And once we do that, we can be sure that the sense of awe that we have of being in God's presence, of having a relationship with God will sustain the content of learning and understanding what God wants from us. And, as we understand the content, we can then recognize a sense of awe and wonder and joy at being admitted into this relationship. Those two components must be separate in order to appreciate the equal importance of both. My friends, I wanna wish you a great day 
I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.